What's up, guys? Welcome to In the Office with Scott and Wes. Uh, Scott, we're back for another week. Yeah, it's still hot. It's outside. it's been five weeks, yeah. I think. So yeah, yeah, and it is. Uh, it's still warm outside. Um, but I, I like walked out uh, of my home this morning and kind of got a nice gentle fall breeze. So maybe here in the middle of September, That's we'll nice. start. You got a fall breeze, a little fall breeze. But I feel uh, like we're still at record heat right oh, now. That's awful. It's unbelievable. And I mean, like I've been in Auburn the past two weekends. I went to the first uh, home game uh, against Tulane for the first like three quarters. It was miserable. It was in the nineties at at six thirty p.m., which is ridiculous. Then I mean, this week um, I had another game and had the opportunity to go. I was like, I I don't want to. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go experience. Uh, the heat and suffering yeah. that, that comes together with watching Auburn play football sometimes. My parents went to Tuscaloosa about a week ago or last week for the game, and they 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 said it wasn't even fun to tailgate or walk around the campus just because yeah. it was it was too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot. And and I mean, this could be one of those things that I. It's always been this way, and maybe I just didn't care as much when I was younger. But like now that I'm I'm now officially like really hard into my thirties. I don't need this. <laughs> I, I would rather sit on my duff and watch it on the television because number one, I'm not going to be disappointed. You got all the amenities. You got all the amenities. All the amenities you need. Uh, air conditioning, central air. Got that. Oh, for um, sure. Easy access to uh, to Dr. Peppers and and pretzels and chips and dip and and food and all it's this all other there. stuff. It's, it's all, all there. there. Like why would I ever? Um, why would I ever leave my recliner? And yeah, you're sitting in a lazy boy. Yeah, that's what I've, I've started just come to a conclusion oh. in life why would i ever leave my recliner for anything um i mean i guess i gotta come to work and have friends and that's kind of a good point plan a wedding yeah. and all that but besides oh, that well, i think i could do that from the recliner as well i'm trying to figure out how i can spend more time there i think that's really kind of where my mind maximizing is. your your time in your recliner yes i think that's important if it became your workspace yeah oh, oh man oh gosh I gotta figure out how to do that. Since like most of the things that people do now are online, you can work from anywhere. Like, why not? Is the question. Yeah. Why not? But um, God, a lot going on in the world in the past week since we've uh, been with everyone. Tons of stuff. Um, I'm sure that there was another presidential debate that I didn't watch. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh, Also, I don't know if. we we listened. We actually listened to this on the on the way back from a charity event we went to. But Apple had their their big uh, keynote. keynote. The keynote, yeah. Apple keynote. Yeah, and that was um, it's just crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. It really is. So I mean, for those of you who um, who aren't re- maybe familiar with with what Apple does, um, I think it's twice a year now. Twice a year, yeah. maybe uh, they'll have Something these like big that. things where they get everybody. Um, to to come to their headquarters in, is it Cupertino? Is that how you say it? Cupertino, California. Sure. Yeah, I feel sure. Right. We should yeah. probably know Why these not, things, yeah. but I think that's right. And uh, and they bring everybody in there, and they'll unveil some products. Sometimes they're unveiling like software or computers, but the one that everybody freaks out about is when they unveil a new iPhone. Which it, blows my mind. It is insanity that we're still losing our minds over losing it. our minds, and they are. They are the one company that the world stops to watch them do this. The world stops to watch them deliver, to watch um, uh, their executives jump up there and and talk about um, these products. Auburn grad Tim Cook, 
get up there and, and, and introduce like a new watch or a new computer or a new cell phone, really the cell phone. And, and I remember, um, like, I, I sent this to you to, like, go back and watch, like, Steve Jobs introducing the first iPhone ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, how, how effective that was. And, I mean, I know there's been, there's been keynotes, these type of things before, but I feel like that was the first one that everybody was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, this is life-changing stuff they're talking about. And it really, about. yeah, set a standard for... Yeah, it really was. But, you know, you don't see, I mean, you know, Google does this, too. They yeah. do these type of things yeah, yeah. with introducing products. Samsung does it, but you don't. If you turned on, um, I guess it was was it Tuesday? Yes. Yes, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tuesday. If you if you got on anywhere, uh, whether it's CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, whatever it is, wherever you get your news from, there was undoubtedly something about the Apple keynote that doesn't happen when Google or Samsung no. or anybody else does it. And, and so, like, it, it kind of it makes you think: What is it? about what they do um, that makes it to where everyone stops what they're doing and has to watch. I mean, you're talking about a company that has maybe 5 to 10% of, of the computer market. Um, I mean, they yeah. have a much higher percentage of the cell phone shares, obviously, and that's kind of what we're talking about. But and, but I think the point we're all, we're all talking about here, too, is is the fact that it's the same product, essentially. I mean, yeah. that it's always been the same product, just nuanced a little bit right each year it, right. I mean, and that's the i think the fact that like blows my mind yeah like what are they doing because yeah. all right yeah, so yeah. for instance we didn't watch this part because um we watched them introduce the phones because we got back in time to watch that we didn't see the thing where they talked about the apple watch series 5 yeah they talk about the series 5 which is pretty much with the exception of a slightly longer battery life and an always on display it's pretty much the series 4 Sure. It doesn't really do anything else. It's pretty much the Series 4, slightly nicer. But the way they presented that thing, what they did, first of all, if you didn't see this, you should go back and watch it. Um, they they showed this video of these actual customers who have Apple Watches talking about how the thing saved their lives. Like one guy, <laughs> one person one person fell in the thing, called 911 for them because it realized that they had taken a fall. One of them, um, like, uh, you know, kind of gave her a notification that her heart rate was um, was higher than it should be, given, like, what she was doing in it. And she went and she found out that she had, like, an underlying heart condition. And same thing, some, it happened with some guy. And he went and they found out that he had some underlying heart condition. They had to do surgery. If they hadn't had the surgery, he might have died within a year. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the type, how they do this. And, and I think that's sort of what I want to talk about. Is why are these things so effective? Because what you said is right, especially with the phone. Especially with the phone, it's not like they're making these technological leaps and bounds. They're making yeah, yeah. slight adjustments, making things slightly better. The battery life gets a little bit better. The cameras get a little bit better. You can do some sure. slightly new stuff with it. But the way they package it, I like went into that thing thinking, all right, well, I got a, I have a 10R. I know that the ones that they're getting, you know, that they're pushing out this year, they're not that much different. So I'm not going to worry about. It. I'm going to wait till the 12 comes out because I think the 12 is going to get a whole new design. But you watch that thing, 100. percent You're sitting there watching it, and at the end of it, you cannot help but think, "I want an iPhone 11." Yeah. If you watch them present it, I want. And what is that? What are they doing? And I, I, 
I don't know if I can put my finger on it exactly. And maybe it's it's definitely in the presentation in the presentation of 100%. what they're bringing. I mean, and and I will say they do a great job. What it seems like it seems like they're selling their story and the story of. And if you yes. look back, if you look back at like these watches, like the watches are relatively new compared right. to with iPhone and and the whole Apple iOS world, and the things they can do are actually amazing and healthcare wise. Yeah, are incredible. Yeah, but it's not like it's brand new information that we haven't known. But they they uh, highlight the relevance, the importance of it still now with the series five. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's the way they package it into this story of uh, that is Apple. Yeah, I think I think the whole story uh, telling part of it is kind of everything here because you know uh, you know Google can release a Pixel, and and that or Samsung can release one of their Galaxy phones, and that Galaxy phone can have uh, tech specs that are better than Apple's, but they don't tell the story the same way. They don't tell right. the story the same way. Android um, could be a better operating system. You can do way more stuff with it, way more customizable, but they don't tell the story the way iOS does. And I think that's kind of what it is, and it kind of goes back to that initial iPhone launch. I think it was in 2007. When Steve Jobs stands up there, and the first thing he does is he shows like how how quote unquote smartphones were at the time, and talks about the pain points that are in there, and then introduces this thing that has all at the at that time like had this touch display, and, and then he shows yeah. it, and it's the way that he holds it and talks about it. I remember thinking the first time I watched, I was like, this guy loves this thing yeah yeah it's like a baby to him and because there was that much passion for him individually as the ceo of the company talking about it it like made you feel the same way yeah and they sell their craftsmanship around yes. it and stuff yeah and because honestly if you look at like this past keynote the new phone the iphone 11 compared to the xr it may have one more hour of battery life and they added an extra camera right. a wide camera right uh, everything else you're gonna get, you can you're really gonna get through a software update on your current phone. Hundred anyway. percent. So it's it's like you're really not getting much, but they sell they sell it like it's this massive story that's been working up to this point, yeah. and we've moved heavens and earth to bring you iPhone 11. Yeah, legitimately, what you what you think is what you don't. Number one, what you don't think about is the fact that uh, you know these things are assembled in 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 some in a plant in Asia, and maybe the working conditions aren't great and all that stuff. When you watch their keynotes, what it makes you think is that there are these scientists that are sitting in this laboratory with white coats on, like putting your cell phone together by hand. Yeah, yeah. And there's like this love and affection going into it. That's how they sell it. When they talk about every little feature, um, or, you know, when, uh, when they show like videos or pictures that are taken using it, like how even those things tell stories. Even those like tell stories, yeah. And especially this year, it looked like they were they were doing a lot with portrait mode and all that other stuff because 100%. that was kind of the big thing they were pushing. But it's just, it's crazy how this company has cornered the market on doing this, um, doing this kind of launch of products and doing it to where they still, after all these years. I mean, I remember the hype for the first iPhone and people lining up, um, you know, all night to get in the store and buy one yeah. of these things, and that hype. It may not be as high because the market has kind of gotten a little bit better, but that hype still exists. 
to where people everywhere know when the Apple keynote is. Yeah. They know when, when they're announcing a new iPhone. And it's amazing. It's just like as soon as, as the Apple keynote comes around, it's it really is in, in the tech industry. And even it's amazing how much it bleeds into the consumer world. But all eyes are on them. Yes. And that really doesn't happen for not just tech companies, maybe any other company yeah. in the world. Unless you're like right now we've talked about it previously, Disney Plus, which yeah. maybe I would still say the Apple keynote is probably way more popular oh, way than, more, yeah. than the exposure that this like Disney is getting right now. 100%. And, and that's why I like the people who who don't necessarily, and I, I used to be um, like this, like I said, you know, my first, you know, when I was with Verizon, uh, when I was in college, they didn't have the iPhone for for a while. And so really the only smartphones you had were Androids, like the early, early Android. Yeah. And so I kind of got used to that, so that's what I wanted. So even when the iPhone came... Um, to Verizon, I didn't want to switch because I like had Android, I sure. had a Windows PC, and all this other stuff, and I didn't understand because like, you know, the way that people who loved Apple fanboys, the way they talked about those things, it's like, all right, come on, it's not, it's not like that great. But once like I got an iPhone, and you kind of like get into how the company operates, I don't know what their customer retention rate is, but it's got to be. One of the highest. It's got to be. It's got to be. And we've talked about it in the past with this whole ecosystem. Yeah. And this whole thing they're selling, they almost they sell it as a a bigger idea, something yeah. bigger than what it what it is. So when they're selling you like this phone, it's like they're inviting you to this ecosystem where everything works together yes. and and it works smoothly. And yeah. It, and it's not customizable. Like no, not at all. But it's like they're selling like you're joining this family almost. Which yeah, is, I was and literally mean, about to say yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, the, and I think that sort of the thought that I really kind of want to dig into here is what they seem to be doing is not just creating products that work, but they're really playing into some sort of human psychology on how we – want to be motivated to do something sure yeah yeah it's there's a they got people in there that when they're coming up with how they're going to advertise these things and how they're going to sell it even if you look at their website how minimalistic it is there's a human psychology element to it where they have pinpointed this works yeah this works with people um and i think it started with steve jobs and how he felt about his company which i think was different than than many ceos feel about theirs it's like his baby sure but man the way they like you know touch your heartstrings about a cell phone is something that no one can remotely touch i guess like my question is what does that say about us what does it say about human beings that we can be so moved by the launch of a product a product that we want to go out when this thing comes out on September, I think it's in the store September 20th, and go buy it. Go buy something that is not much better, but we are willing to fork out thousands of dollars yeah. for this one company's latest tech. And I think I, I do. I think we are, as people, we're a, a species or whatever that is prone to to buy into a story. We really are, and that's why yeah. these companies spend so much money on on their marketing and their presentation. And because we as people, if you, you think about some of the best times you have, it's probably someone telling a story. If you ever been around a campfire, you'll remember the stories people share, share around them. It's like yeah. the reason we gather for any reason to have dinner with people or anything is because we're species based around stories and wanting to play into a bigger story. And Apple sells it 
yeah. just so yeah. well. I mean, even this weekend, you know, I was uh, around um, one of my one of my buddies who was my college roommate for three years, and and I've been out of college since uh, 2011 now. But we were uh, kind of reminiscing about sitting out on our deck, like in college late at night, talking about like life, and I remember those things vividly because they're and they have they've captured that somehow. They, they give. It doesn't make any sense because Apple is one of, if not the most valuable companies on the planet, but they make you feel like this is some sort of individual and also collective experience that you're going through yeah. with. And, and I think that is something that's so unique. And and sort of as we, the reason why we're talking about this is because I think there's, I mean, it's kind of random as it sounds, I think there's something that the church could learn from this. Yeah. Well, and, and I think... You know, the kind of tie into this, what, what you're about to say, is I love, I'm going to let you tell it. The, the story you talk about, the feeling you get at like an Auburn, yeah. the Auburn football game, I'll let you share that. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that um, one, of, one of the things that's sort of been really strong kind of on, on my heart is that, uh, you know, we always kind of talk about like, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, if you don't, I don't know, but the attendance, you know, church attendance across our country here in the United States is on the decline. That's something that's been, uh, you know, talked about from, from now until eternity that since, I don't know when it began, but it was just kind of on the decline. There's more people who, uh, identify as kind of non-religious than there ever has been before in the history of our country and all these other things. And we're trying to figure out sort of like what that is. And and for me, like one of I think the the main reasons why is I feel like the church has has lost its ability to, to tell the story effectively, and and kind of understand sort of the human psychology. The story that Wes is talking about, um, it's kind of like where I kind of sort of realize there's there are a lot of churches that are growing. There's a lot of churches that are growing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Church of the Highlands being one here in town, and and then uh, you know, there's church. There were churches in Dallas where I used to live that were growing, growing in kind of more secular cities like that. And they kind of do sort of the same sort of thing. The way that they um, package faith, and this is kind of a weird thing to talk about, but the truth is that the, the church's job is, in, in some way, shape, or form, to sell to sell faith, and and to kind of um, you know, I don't know if entice is the right word, but entice people to kind of, you know, pray and, and to kind of give in to, to to Jesus' calling on their life. And I think that is part of it. There, there is that kind of that, that thing that that's sort of what the church is doing. That's kind of evangelism a little bit, is yeah. going out and telling people the story. And how you tell people exactly. the story has to be more effective. And so what a lot of these uh, kind of newer, massive mega churches are doing is they are packaging their story in such a way that um, impacts people uh, not just spiritually and but also physically and emotionally yeah you know that's what these Apple keynotes do they like impact all those things they make you uh, they make you laugh they sometimes make you cry they make you feel things that's what all this marketing is for they anything make you feel things yeah, exactly and um, and, and that sort of idea of, of kind of reconnecting feelings with with Christianity is something that they're really kind of um, capturing. This really goes back. This is historical. This isn't just um, a, a modern thing, but there have been movements throughout the history of Christianity that have kind of really tried to attach feelings more towards this theological understanding of God. But I also remember like one of my biggest faith crises that I ever had was when I was in college, and I would go to these big worship services, 
and I would feel um, all the things of, of worship, and then I would go to the Auburn football game, and they'd play the national anthem, and I'd feel the same way. And, and I think that's kind of the, the weird part about it. Um, but I do think there is, there is a connection between these two things. There's a connection between um, the way that Apple tells the story and the way that the church should maybe start looking at how they're telling their story. Yeah. Um, when you think of Apple, this is just off the cuff, and you have zero preparation for this. When you think of Apple, the designs of their phones, their software, what do you think about? Like, if you had to give some adjectives. Simple. Simple, yes. Simple and familiar. Yeah. Simple, familiar. And, like, I I think of, like... It's natural. It's natural. Yeah. And, and there's passion behind it. And you can tell, and you only get that passion because you look at it, and, you, you, and when you watch people from Apple talk about it, they talk about, man, this thing is just, this is the greatest thing that we've ever designed, which is true. Every year they come out yeah. with an iPhone, at that point, that is the greatest thing they've ever designed. So they're not lying to you. But the way they talk about it, and I think, if you think about that in relation to how we talk about Jesus, yeah. and how we talk about faith, you know, we're all all the time um, looking for oh well, man, how do we how do we speak our faith into into this culture? And, and typically, our our main response, especially in mainline denominations like ours, is to sort of borderline kind of change the story in order to fit the culture. But I don't think that's like the answer. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I'm not saying that everyone needs to become like Church of the Highlands, but I think we need to look at that and kind of understand what's actually going on there, why that works, why we have um, a large number of kids on Wednesdays where they have motions that don't come to our youth programming and go there to experience this thing. And it's, and it's this kind of, and when you said that, it blew my mind, but this, this feeling you get of maybe being what you, or at least you're perceiving to be very close to God in that moment and, and maybe feeling the spirit, which I'm not discounting at all. Sure. But when you said, you know, I've go to, a, I've been to an Auburn football game and, yeah. and I feel the same way when the, when the team's about to run out there, they show the hype video and play the national anthem. Yeah. Like you get like the tingles down in your soul yeah. and you get, and you know, you know, whether it be the marketing of an Apple iPhone, it's like everybody's trying to tap into this and somehow yes. because emotions make things real for people. Yeah. That's the thing, is that the reason why um, people, especially, I think if, I think if you um, talk to especially younger people about, uh, about faith and the thing that they um, gravitate towards these kind of deep worship experiences and also, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, more kind of charismatic Pentecostal churches that are growing as well. It's because they want to feel something that makes it real for them. Yeah. Just kind of the intellectual knowledge that God exists and the intellectual knowledge of the Christian faith and contemplative prayer and all those are great, but they want to feel it. Right. And um, Which can be, can be dangerous. It can be can dangerous. Be, it can be dangerous. Which I think begs the question of like, without having to change the story or, and, and I'm not saying that they do that at a church of Highlands, but, 100%. but how do we as Christians or in a church setting how do we play into that bigger story? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's if if I had the answer to that, then I wouldn't be a youth director right. here. I think here that's at River the, Chase. I think it's the ultimate question. It's for the any ultimate church. question. It's the ultimate question for any church. But I do think the the whole um, you talked about what makes an apple great is that it's simple, it's easy to use. If you look at a church of the Highlands, 
it's simple and it's easy to use. Uh, from a standpoint of if, if I walk in there right now, if I go uh, to one of their worship services on a Sunday morning, um, and I remember talking to someone about uh, what they do and talking about how, uh, you know, even from the soap they use in the bathrooms to having mints, um, to having comfortable seating, to having, um, you know, when they they love doing, you know, baptisms, and, and that's kind of a, a part of your spiritual journey is being baptized. And, uh, and they kind of, the way they talk about it, it's like, hey, uh, we know you may not have brought clothes. We have clothes for you. Or, um, you know, we know that maybe you feel weird about getting in a tub after someone else. Well, this thing cleans itself. It, it like, is always, so they, like, take away all these different tensions that people might have from, like, going in this. They make, they make faith simple. It's about you and Jesus. They make yeah. it simple. And, and they make their process of, of kind of growing in your faith simple. You come to church, uh, you join the church, you're baptized, you join a small group. Um, after you join a small group, you become a volunteer. And there's this step-by-step growth track experience that they have. And that church focuses on three, three things. things. Yeah, three, three things, things that they do well. Yeah. They, they, do, they do worship, they do small groups, and, um, and then they have some outreach efforts that they do. But those are the things that they do. And, and I think that's also the key. The, the key is to make this as simple as possible because faith itself and believing and understanding is complicated enough. And so the church itself needs to be as simple and as accessible as it possibly can be. Yeah, um, You should be able to walk into a worship service and know exactly what the church is all about and what they do. Yeah. Um, by the time you walk out. Well, and I think especially in today, when you're looking at, you know, 2019, the world we live in today, it's almost like, you know, things have kind of changed where it's not as easy to get away with just, you know, smoke and mirrors and flash and, and, yeah. and the glitz and glamour sometimes. And we talk about this within youth ministry or even as a church. Sometimes you like, and and what I love kind of about this is that the parallels to what you you've also talked about plenty about the early church yeah. what the early church was yeah yeah i mean the early church if you look if you look in the book of acts which i think is um one of the most fascinating um parts of the bible and it's kind of this narrative that kind of walks you through sort of the the early expansion of christianity from jerusalem out um if you look in, you know, in acts chapter 2 sort of what they're doing there it talks about like you know they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and into prayer and to the breaking of bread, basically fellowshipping together. They focus on those things. It talks about how the Lord adds to their number daily. They just focus on those things, and that's kind of the historical narrative of the early church. Is just their focus was on learning about God, praying, and being with one another, and taking care of each other's needs, and that's it. And and I think to be frank. I think that's one of the the main problems that sort of maybe a lot of these historical churches have been going through is they've gotten so wide with what they're doing, so yeah. wide with what they're doing that you've almost like lost. Um, it's almost hard for your compass to point true north, and when you got all these other things going on, yeah. And, and I think if if you ask people, and maybe a lot of these sort of historical churches that are maybe in decline in membership and have all the all this programming, all these things going on all the time at the church. But if you ask people that go there, well, what does this church believe? Could they actually give an answer? Like, yeah. what is this church about? What do they do? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll give—so we talk about Church of the Highlands, but even another church 
um, that's kind of on the complete opposite of the theological spectrum, but First Methodist uh, in downtown Birmingham, kind of on the complete opposite end of, of, of you have a, a very conservative church and then a more kind of liberal-leaning church, but what they both do is you know exactly what First Church downtown, what they're about. You yeah. know it. Yeah, and um, and the same thing with Church of the Highlands and kind of these churches that are kind of caught in this abyss of um, of not really having that identity. I think we talked about this earlier. Um, is uh, we've talked about this for a while, and it's one of my soapbox moments. People want to believe in something. Yeah, they want to believe in something. They want to, and and I think Apple going back to this, Apple captures that well. And the way they make their videos and the way they do their presentations, they give you something to believe in. As stupid as that sounds, because it's a product, they give you, you believe in Apple. Yeah, it's in our psychology. It's in our psychology. It's in our DNA. It's in our DNA. We want to believe in something. There's a reason why um, people rally around, uh, I'll give two examples. People rally around. Preachers who stand up, like, you know, Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands, why people kind of rally around him and, and talk about him and revere him is because he's given them something to believe in that's bigger than themselves. Same thing on the on, on kind of another spectrum, Barack Obama. I remember um, when Barack Obama was running for president for the first time, uh, I guess it was in 2004. No, 2008. 2008. Yeah, yeah. He was running in 2008. Um, and I remember, like, listening to his speeches, and he talked about um, you know, change and, and giving people, he gave people something to believe in. He energized people, whether you, uh, to be honest with you, whether you agree with his politics or not, you listen to his speech and you're like, man, that's compelling. Yeah. People want that. People want in some way, shape or form to be compelled to believe in something that is, uh, you know, beyond themselves. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what we have to really, that sounds so basic, but where we have to kind of capture, recapture the imagination of, of people uh, with the greatest story ever told um, with Jesus of giving, because people want that. They want that somewhere yeah. deep down inside. And I, I think we find ourselves basically on this this spectrum, and it's it's people want to believe in something. And we, yeah. and the thing is, is sometimes we, we've talked about the psychology and DNA. Some churches lean only they rely on that. They rely yeah. on the worship yes. experience yeah. to give people that emotion. Yep. And sometimes people get, you know, so topical and deep in the roots of Christianity that sometimes we lose yeah. you know, the big story. And I feel like if churches did it right, we keep it simple. Yep. And if you present the narrative that is a, the, the, the Bible presents this beautiful beautiful narrative Jesus, yep. that needs no fluff, doesn't need anything. Yeah. People can buy into that story. Yeah. And sometimes we, you know, I'm not saying topical sermons are really are, are bad or, you know, and not necessary, but to have something to just like a the bigger story, if you stick and, and present this narrative, yeah. it can be a beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I, I think it's, it's interesting that more and more churches are going towards um, really kind of. Teaching the Bible, whether that's through like a lectionary or through going through the Bible in a year, uh, there's a lot of that are kind of like going back to that because I think that's that's a that's a desire for people's hearts. We have done a horrible job as the church overall in this country of adapting, not adapting to culture, but of adapting to uh, be able to answer the questions that the culture actually has. Yeah, and I was talking to a student 
last week who was asking me a lot of questions that they had and talked about how at a previous church they went to, you know, they asked the same questions and the youth minister wouldn't give an answer. And, and I think that is, that's incumbent on us. I, I read a study um, that talked about how uh, preachers now who used to be kind of the most revered people in the community and the people that people uh, respected and, and looked up to as sort of uh, people who had knowledge and all this other stuff has been kind of replaced by lawyers and doctors and all that other stuff. And I don't think that's because, because preachers are very well educated. Yeah. Um, especially here in the Methodist Church, you know, they've been to at least undergrad and at least um, three years of seminary. So they have seven years of education experience, um, which is not on the same line as a doctor, but it's the same amount as maybe a lawyer has. But I think the problem is, is that we're not using that uh, education properly almost. I think we still think that when we look out there on Sunday mornings that we're talking to people that can't handle more. Right. If that if that makes any sense at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. We're not actually answering the questions that they have. We are um, we're answering the questions that we think they have and we're incorrect most of the time. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we just sort of, like you said, you got to we got to keep it simple, especially and for a younger generation coming up. You got to keep it simple. You got to keep it simple. Present the narrative. Present the gospel. Yes. And then when questions arise, you know, then let's talk about it. Then let's dive deeper yeah. and and answer those questions. Yeah. It really is so simple, and sometimes we make it so much more difficult. People, when they listen to the story, they will be moved. Yeah. I mean, like it, it is a very dramatic and 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 beautiful story, and yeah. I think. Sometimes we get so caught up with either, you know, the logistics of a church or trying to do too many things yep. or yep. getting on these topical sermons yep. or on the other end, we, we like only go for the emotion of it. Let's, Correct. you know, let's mention Jesus names and let's play this powerful worship song. Yeah, where, and hit, hit the kick drum in the background the whole time. Yeah. Where you yeah. feel the bass in your chest, yeah. you know, or yeah. that, you know, that you have that national anthem moment yeah. that you had at the Auburn game. Yeah. You know, it, it's some point we need to make church just really simple. Yeah, you gotta make it simple. I mean, we gotta make it to where if someone, if I walk into a place, and um, and enjoy the worship experience and and enjoy kind of being around the people that I know what I need to do next, yeah. and um, it doesn't need to be difficult or complicated. Um, it's almost it's almost like we need to make it less uh, about ourselves and more about God, 100%. which I get sounds uh, so basic and so uh, whatever, but. I, I think we have to, as churches, it would benefit us greatly to go and to look at how some of these companies, including Apple, how they make what they are doing and selling appealing. And it's not, and especially with what Apple does, you know they haven't they haven't changed the form they haven't changed the way they advertise they they just do it in a way to where it makes you feel like this is something I have to have this is something I have to have and we gotta do the same thing and and to be honest with you, the the reason why this is so important is because there's gonna be a new iPhone every single year uh, from now until we die and so what they're what they're advertising every single year is something that's gonna be out of vogue the very next year and something that yeah. will probably crap out in three or four years what we're talking about has like eternal consequences to it 100 percent. this is the most important thing ever and yeah. and and we like we got to start talking about it more like this is the most important thing ever rather than talking about it like it's some like cuddly thing that will help you sleep at night yeah because it's not it's more than that it's everything 
Um, but wow, this has been a, uh, it's been a heavy, heavy episode. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like, I mean, I knew that we were going to talk about sort of, you know, Apple launches and sort of, sort of how that works with human psychology, but this kind of went, um, a bit deeper than that. But I think it's important to kind of ask these questions. Yeah. 100%. It's important to kind of look in it, what these companies are doing and, and how we can kind of relate that to ourselves because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that I have an emotional reaction to watching an Apple keynote, and I don't feel any of those emotions at all at church. It shouldn't yeah, be that. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that I like get uh, extremely hyped up to watch this, and I don't really feel that way. When I, it shouldn't be that way. We have to figure this out. And so I think that's why we're talking about it is because it's so important. I agree. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a. It has been a. It's been a hot and heavy episode. It but has it's been. been. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I was trying to look through our Instagram right now. We don't have any hot takes. Do you? Do you have any for this week before we close out the? the podcast yeah i mean I'll, I'll i'll come up with one i i got a hot take and i don't know if this is a hot take or not but I, auburn's gonna lose uh <laughs> i mean <laughs> auburn's gonna lose four football games this year uh we're gonna lose uh this weekend to texas m we're gonna lose to lsu we're gonna lose to georgia we're gonna lose to alabama we'll beat florida but we'll lose four games we'll go eight and four and um and malzahn will keep his job mm. Because it's just close enough. Because he can say, yeah. oh, yeah, we got a freshman quarterback and all that other stuff. And the natives will be restless. But, yeah, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but Auburn's going 8-4. and four. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> the Gus bus still rolls on. It still rolls on, baby. Uh, I guess my hot take, um, I'm going to make a lot of college students angry with this, but I think cookout is the most overrated for cheap, even cheap food, cheap oh, college man. food. I hate cookout i yeah. even if it's like late at night and everyone's wanting to go eat late or even if i'm hungry i think i'd rather just not eat than go to cookout because of the grease the amount of you know buttery grease and it just tastes like it's just the cheapest yeah cheapest food they could give you and i i can't stand it i cannot stand yeah. cookout yeah look i mean you're not Go to Wendy's, get a four for four. It's a better deal. It's a better deal. It's a better deal. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, Wes, I went to cookout for the. F- it's crazy that you're talking about this. What a yeah. god thing! Oh my gosh! I went to cookout for the first time on Friday night, and um, in Auburn, and uh, I'll be honest with you, man. We had got their chicken nuggets, and it isn't that good. No, it's not. I mean, I'll give them this. It's quick. It's and fast. they give you, and the, everyone says, "Oh well, I mean, yeah, it's not the best food, but you're getting a ton of it, and yeah, yeah and they give you, they give you a lot, and it's cheap, but it like it tastes cheap, and it tastes really bad and yes. greasy, and makes your stomach yes horrible after yeah. oh, you, wow. you'd be on the toilet. It's just like yeah, Auburn and cookout going right in the toilet. It's here just <laughs> in the office. That's maybe my hot take, and I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get some texts. I, I and I oh, think yeah. I have. I think I know which college students are gonna text me yes. to after this. Yes, but that's my hot take. Yeah, and that's a great one. And cookout was one of these things that uh, when I moved back here last fall, like I had never seen one before until I went to Auburn. Had no idea what it was because we don't have them. in, yeah. in Dallas. Uh, we have In and Out. We don't real have one here in Birmingham. I think the closest one here is Tuscaloosa. They're coming though. Yeah, yeah, they're coming. Yeah, they they are seem coming. to be like expanding everywhere, and I want to understand why because I agree with you. The food's not that it's, great. It's not great. But anyway, uh, if you have any other hot takes, you can uh, DM us at RSM underscore students or Wes underscore Holly. Yeah. Um, or if uh, there's any like topics you want us to cover. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, what did did you maybe you watch the Google slides note or whatever they call what they do? But 
I don't know. Well, yeah, Google maybe you does. watch the, the Google the Google, Google the Google thing the Google that they Kino. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. We're always looking for material. We're going to run out of office things to review. So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, but, the tech world. Woo. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. This has been In the Office with Scott and Wes. We will see you guys later. Love you guys. Thank you.